0: Welcome to Between Heaven and Earth, an internet radio talk show where we help you connect spirit and divine guidance. Lisa Kay, your host, brings you shows that can enhance and transform your life with tips and new ideas for more happiness, abundance, and better relationships. Lisa is an expert on intuition and can show you how to strengthen your inner guidance to empower yourself. Each show is positive and uplifting to inspire your day. Her guest speakers are specialists on self-help, positive thinking, spirituality, and conscious living. Be the best that you can be with Between Heaven and Earth, conscious living for your soul.
1: And angel blessings to everyone. Hi, I'm Lisa Kay, and as you've heard in the intro, we often have fascinating guests on our show, and today we have a guest I believe you're going to find really, really fascinating. And I am... really excited about this because we are going to talk about an interesting aspect of my favorite topic, which is uh, sacred sites, Um, these beautiful places on earth that are so special. And so our show today is called Spirit Traveler to Sacred Sites. Now I'm sure you've heard of sacred and famous historical sites such as Stonehenge and the Great Pyramids of Egypt. And historians, you know, they only know so much about these places because they're really, really old, thousands and thousands of of years, Um, and and, and times tens of thousands. So now, what if you could travel back in time and actually be there? Or perhaps you could talk to those people who knew what happened when these places were built. I think that would be phenomenal. Well, I have a guest today who says she's able to actually do this by traveling through time and receive information about the people and the demigods involved in these great places. And my guest is Sonia Grace, and she's written a book called Spirit Traveler, where she explores what we know about eight eight of the world's greatest historical sites, including standing stones, castles, and pyramids, and what really happened centuries ago. Let me tell you a little bit about Sonia. Sonya Grace is an internationally known mystic and healer who help, whose work helps people who suffer physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. She is an energy surgeon whose spirit travels to work with her clients wherever they are in the world and performs all levels of healing, including restructuring tissue, repairing organs, bones, blood, and cells. Sonia's ancestral background is a fascinating blend of Native American and Norwegian. She has been adopted by the Hopi Reservation, where she is considered a medicine woman. Sonia is also the author of Become an Earth Angel, published by Fintorn Press, and has appeared on Beyond Belief with George Norrie, Coast to Coast AM, Better TV, AM Northwest, and the Virtual Light Broadcast. Welcome Sonia. I am so happy to have you on the show today. Sure. Sonia. Thank I'm you. Sorry. It's really great to be here.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you
1: for being here. You know, the the I think they they switched around my uh my studio thing here and, and now they they when the show starts they mute everybody and I forget that. But anyway, welcome. I'm so excited. Um you know, I love traveling. And I love, especially, and my my fans know this, I love to go to spiritual sites, sacred sites. um, And if I am near one, uh, I always ask my husband if we can, you know, take a detour to go visit it. And we've actually made some journeys specifically for certain sites. And um, most recently, actually, we went to Stonehenge, um, and that was quite an interesting place to visit and but what I found out about your book I thought wow you know that that must be really a wealth of incredible knowledge because you know there's only so, like I said in the intro there's only so much we know about these places um, mm-hmm. because nobody's been there who's still alive so right could you tell us a little bit more about your book and how it came about and yeah you know, we can you know what we can gain from it
0: Sure, sure. I'm I, I'm sure that you have listeners out there that don't know my work at all. I'm I'm a healer, I'm a mystic and a healer, and I work on people long distance. Um, I call my book Spirit Traveler because I literally spirit travel to people wherever they are around the world, and I'm I'm considered an energy surgeon. I I work on you know the heart, liver, spleen, pancreas cancers, bones, blood, everything. I, I've worked on just about everything, and um, and I'm able to go in and literally repair. I've done, you know, triple bypasses on hearts, and the person has no more heart uh, congestive heart failure. There's no more heart disease. Um, you know, I've worked, I just worked on a woman's eyes who had, she had, um, she'd been diagnosed with glaucoma, and her eye pressure was about 35 and 32 and normal eye pressure is between 10 and 22 and she went and got her eyes tested after i worked on her and her eye pressure was 15 and 13 which is really good and i you know i just so i go in i'm able to work on people so my daily life is You know, one person at a time, you know, okay, I'm in Switzerland right now. Now I'm in Australia. Now I'm in Norway. Okay, Um, England. Back to California. So every day I'm with people and I'm literally spirit traveling. And out of that came the day. Pardon?
1: That's fantastic. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So out of that came my ability to, you know, go into meditation as I do every day. And in that process... Um, I I dissolve. I literally, my whole body dissolves. There's nothing left of my physical form. And only then is when my guides take my hand and say, okay, we're going here. And they pretty much call the shots as to where we're going to go and what they want me to see. So the day that they took me to Stonehenge, I was super stoked because I'd always wanted to go there and when we arrived there was nothing on the land. Salisbury plain was looking as it looked back then. There was nothing on it. But when the beings who created this site came to me, I call them the ancient ones. Um they're they're Pleiadians. They and and the demigods are or star beings. Demigods are the ones that have that came through you know, 12,000 years ago, and helped create and mold humanity in different places all around the world. And wow. to make this an even longer explanation, we came to this new phase of humanity when Atlantis fell. So, when Atlantis fell and we went into an ice age, all this landmass shifted and changed. We had huge portals open up all over the world and that was kind of the earth signaling the, the rest of our galaxy and beyond okay we're ready for a new phase of humanity that's when all the different demigods came through the greek gods the egyptian gods the tibetan gods the hopi gods the norse gods it's like everybody came through to govern and cross-pollinate and create their group of humans and that's why we have all these varying stories and different cultures and stuff around the world and and so when this happened, the Pleiadians, who didn't want to be recognized as any of that, um, came in and created, cross-pollinated, helped form Stonehenge, which was much bigger than Stonehenge that we see today. Much bigger henge is underground. That place was the site where the, the goddesses, the, um, the high priestesses, did their ceremonies. And Stonehenge was all about fertility. It had nothing to do with um death as many archaeologists have speculated.
1: Ah. Fascinating. No, you were say so so at this point there was a point in time when the portals opened up as you said and the and these gods came in, came to Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and were they uh were they in spirit form, or were they physical?
0: No, they were in physical form. And the one thing that's really interesting is the the Norse gods came through, and and they, of course, ended up working and governing people in Norway and Sweden and Denmark and that area. But they took all the credit for what happened in England and Scotland. Mm-hmm. They took all the credit for that because the Pleiadians okay. didn't want – to be remembered or known, the Norse gods were much more forthright in taking physical form and walking among the people. But the, the, the statement that the Pleiadians or the ancient ones told me is that Stonehenge was their last statement to the people, do not forget us, do not forget the ceremonies that we've taught you. This is our last message to you that you always remember us and always remember the the you know the, the spirituality that we have given you to survive. And of course, the people did fine for a while, but after a while, because they, the, the gods all came through for a certain period of time to help get these societies and places set up. But after a while, they stopped coming. And that's when the Pleiadians stopped coming to Salisbury Plain. And so they ended up freaking out over time and feeling like, oh, we need to bring the gods back. There's, you know, the people are at unrest. And so they started burying their high priestesses next to Stonehenge. That's why there's burial mounds there, because they wanted to have them be able to get to the gods and bring them back. And then, of course, over time, like around, uh, you know, two 3,000 B.C., we had the, the, the Druid practice really come in as sort of the new phase of what fell out of these uh, ceremonies that were practiced. So they kind of borrowed and went into a whole phase of Druid practice that was more male oriented whereas what they were doing there at Stonehenge was very female oriented.
1: Mm, interesting. So, so did they the gods come to so what was their purpose of coming? Was it to help humanity?
0: They all came through to help humanity. I mean, there's certain races, mm-hmm. alien races that have come here to enslave or you know, hijack people for whatever reason, scientific reasons. But this is this is the demigods are of a much higher vibration. They're much bigger. They're huge. They're like you know, 12, 15 feet tall. They're they're huge, and they're and they're. I, I'm going to use the word benevolent, meaning they're just such a higher vibration and ability and everything that we aren't even close to that. Um, and so this is why they came this is why they come through to Earth to help us. This is why there's so many different gods, stories of the gods, different, you know, art uh art pieces and things that are created to depict those gods is people understood right. that back then. <laughs> they were much closer to um the beings that were here to help us the gods. as opposed to <laughs> Yeah, as opposed to now, you know, we're all buried into our iphones and Walking around, (laughs) you know, looking down. Yeah, technology. Yeah, so yeah, when you
1: know, uh, so these. So let's take Stonehenge as an example because we were talking about it. Um, So this was a place of ceremony and and worship, and um, and as you said, it the the I guess uh, feminine fertility when. What should we be using these sites for today or and and I know there was a mention of you know remembering us and what is it they want us to remember? what is it they you know if we go to visit the space there um well, is there something we should be doing or looking for
0: in regards to stone circles, which there are over nine hundred over a thousand maybe in in the area of the u k and europe there they those sites are all marked. The reason, they, the stone circles, they're marking portals. All these are different portals. And portals either receive energy from the cosmos or energy leaves the earth to the cosmos, or in some cases, like Stonehenge, both happen. There's energy releasing and energy coming up from the earth. So in, in, in the case of, you know, what do we do? Or I mean, certainly entering any sacred space we need to uh, approach it with with reverence and respect and in my own native culture you know we always leave an offering and ask permission to enter that space there's 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 a great deal of respect for these sacred sites and certainly even in my time traveling experience i asked permission before i to even took a step um But I I think that the thing that we need to acknowledge now is that we're coming to the end of this phase of humanity. We just spanned 12,000 years in our conversation, and we're coming to the end of this phase. And what that means is the children who are being born today are like we were back when when we incarnated at the end of Atlantis. So these children mm. coming in today are star seats and most of them have at best one or two lifetimes on Earth. Many of them have no lifetimes on Earth, and so they're struggling to, you know, be in their bodies and to figure out, okay, like how do I be here now? I work with lots of mothers and help helping their young three, four, five, six-year-old, you know, integrate <clears throat> by, you know, helping them energetically to be here and Mm -hmm. i find that at the end of this phase it's not you know i don't want people to interpret that you know my god the world's ending because it's not um but it's the end it's it's the end of a phase meaning we're going to move into a whole new phase of humanity that where we have energies and portals and things opening up and coming through and you know a whole new thing it will not be during Mm -hmm. Necessarily during yours and mine's lifetime, but certainly our children or grandchildren during their lifetime.
1: Is there a message I mean, when you've done these this when you've gone traveling and you've you know been able to connect to um, all you know all these the, the I guess the spirits and the demigods, and was there a message um, from the places that you visited? Uh, what do what did, what's the information or the messages you brought back is that that um, or if there is any you know for us
0: right humanity. well in you know in my book Spirit Traveler I have <clears throat> I have a really interesting experience in that I went to Stonehenge. And Skellig Michael, which is where they filmed Luke Skywalker in the last Star Wars movie. In fact, if if your (laughs) listeners haven't seen the last Star Wars movie, it's fabulous because it covers all of Skellig Michael, which is an island off the west coast of Ireland. And it's actually the mountain peaks of a great mountain that existed during Lemuria. And during Lemuria, which is also during the time of Atlantis, <clears throat> the landmass connected from the west coast of Ireland all the way to Greenland. There was land there, and that was a big mountain. So anyways, it's really fun to see it in the movie. I also have a, a chapter on Tewanaku, the Gate of the Sun in Bolivia, Hager Quim, which is a phenomenal site on the isle, island of Malta off of the south of Italy, uh, St. Winifred's mm-hmm. Whale. St. Winifred's Well in Wales, (laughs) say that fast, Chichen Itza (laughs) and the Temple of Kukulacan, and the Caffrey Pyramid, which is the largest of the three great pyramids, and the Rock of Cashel, and that is also a a castle in Ireland. These sites were picked by my guides. The, The book is laid out in such a way that the beginning of each chapter is more the facts this is what we know this is what archaeologists have found you know fact 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 all all that and then the the latter part uh, the second part of the chapter is my spirit travels and so uh, the message for each of these sites to me is the incredible connectivity and intelligence that people had back in those times and uh, they were advanced. They were um, certainly, I think, dialed into something that is uh, as as savvy technically that we are today, but in a completely different manner. And uh, the, the sites in themselves, um, some of these sites, you know, the energy has lessened because people have really misused them. And various stages of life have happened, you know, in them. There, there was fighting on Salisbury Plain, Um, you know. People have abused and misused Stonehenge, Um, you know, and now it's this great sacred place because we have all come to recognize that. But it wasn't always that way. Um, Farmers had their cows roaming around in there, and you know, the the same is true with
1: sort of close by.
0: Yeah. It's there's, there's the same is true with many sites around the world, but I would say the biggest message that I received is the, the, uh, the demigods who came through to help create these sites um, were really, their intention was to help humanity, that they were, um, they were very much a part of our creation, of who we are.
1: hmm so do you what do you think we you know, what is it we need to do today to maybe reconnect to the knowledge um that either, you know, so old and maybe it's been lost. Or read, what my is book. It
0: <laughs> read my book. That's what I that's what I, I read suggest. The book. <laughs> read the book. Um and I okay. think I think the other thing that, that I really wanna promote is, you know, when I teach and when I do workshops and I teach meditation retreats all over the place. I I am a huge, huge um, promoter of meditation, and the type of meditation that I teach is the basis of my grounding meditation, which connects people's energy to the earth in a very specific way. This is super important because we live – not only in a dimension, and we've moved from the fourth dimension into the fifth dimension now, which is why things seem a little wonky and people are having, you know, ringing in their ears and they can't quite figure out why they have this neck pain or some kind of weird pain in their body. So we've got all this stuff going on because we're trying to adjust to a higher frequency now, and that is a part yeah of this phase of humanity coming to a close. So so we're, we're contending with all of that. And in my meditation practice and what I teach people, it's really about learning how to manage your energy so that your energy isn't necessarily leaving your body and connecting with other energies in the world, but you're actually grounding it. And you have more have don't misinterpret the word power. You you have more. It's like you have more energy. You have more power. You have more um, understanding of a situation by simply letting your energy go deep into the earth. The earth is really here mm-hmm. to support us and help us.
1: Oh yes, that's that's absolutely wonderful. I you know I just um I think uh that whole world of of the energy that we're that's unseen is something that um, I think is just very powerful and the more we can learn about it i think it'd be really you know really incredible um could you tell us a little bit what it's like for you to actually do the traveling when you travel to someplace else what does it feel like or sound like it do you you know um is it like you are physically or is it uh different what how is it what is it like
0: well, a lot of times people ask me, you know, oh you you're you're astral projecting, aren't you? And it's like, no, that's not what's happening to me. I certainly understand and know how to astral project. This is this is an actual physical process that my body goes through when I go into meditation and you know, for your listeners who don't know me, I've been practicing for 36 years. I've been I've been practicing as a healer for 36 years. And my meditation practice has evolved, as does everybody and all things over time. So I get now into a deep state and my body dissolves. It completely evaporates like granules in the air. And once that has happened, then my guides who are high angelic beings come to me and they take me where they want to go. I do feel sensation. I feel cold air. I uh, oftentimes say, tell me wear a coat, and I go put a coat on, um, and and mm-hmm. we go up. I, I, my face is wet. I feel the you know the moisture in the air, and when we come down to where it is we are going to explore or see, um, there's definitely a, a, a feeling, a pressurized feeling like I have been on an airplane it's really weird and when I come back I I have in my mind that I've only been gone for 20 minutes and it's like three or four hours later really wow yeah yeah there's definitely a time travel experience in this it's pretty wild
1: that's really that's wild that's now have you ever traveled to a place that you hadn't been to before and then you went there Afterwards,
0: yes, and yes, Stonehenge is one and of them yeah, Stonehenge really? is one of them, and, and you know and, and and historians and and archaeologists have reported that Stonehenge was built you know roughly around two thousand twenty three hundred b c and 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 my findings are it was it was built more like four thousand b c and we were sitting in this car with our driver, and you know I was talking to the group I was with about this and he said, you know, I have to tell you, Sonia, your, your dates are spot on. And I said, well, that's nice to hear. And he said, he said, I was with an archaeological dig just a week ago, and he said, we found the tooth of an aurochs. And he said, that tooth actually changes all the dates of when Stonehenge was um, built. It changed everything. He says, they're going to have to change all the history books. They're going to have to change everything. Because it puts now the dates of Stonehenge exactly where you're saying they are, four thousand. So that was pretty
1: wow, that's exciting. A, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, really neat.
0: I know it was really exciting. You know what
1: they say is that I would be like blown away. The, what they say about you know the uh, a lot of cathedrals were built on. Sacred places that were maybe churches or temples before, or even mosques, and you know even going back to Roman times and beyond that. So it seems like um, throughout the years, certain uh, religious sites are, you know, were picked because of their their sure. I guess what they're feeling or there's a specialness if you want to call it that. Um, so you know it seems that we have those. These places all over that we can, you know, that we still have the touchstone
0: for. Well, if and if you if you go um, back and study ancient Egyptian, you know, uh, spiritualism, um, you you will see in that study all of the things that got borrowed in Christianity because that was so strong oh. in that region.
1: It's really fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. what, what I I when I was. Um, I was actually studying about Egyptian uh, temples, not not necessarily pyramids. Everybody likes to do the pyramids, but I was doing temples, and uh, you know the whole structure of the temple was that as you're walking through the door towards the back of the temple, it was like you were going on this journey towards heaven. And in the back of the temple, which actually only the priest was allowed to go, that there was a, a door, a portal to where the gods lived. And, you know, and in, the, in the front of the temple where, 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 you know, commoners could be or usually outside the door, um, that's where, but then, you know, people who were blessed or whatever you want to call it were able to, to walk in and then eventually as you go farther and farther back, it was more and more sacred. Um, but, you know, I've, I've discovered that uh, churches and cathedrals, the, the Christian churches and cathedrals are built the same way. And that right. you know, the narthex, which is where the door is, that's, that's you know, if you're, I, get, I believe if you haven't been baptized, you're not allowed to go into the church. Uh, but this was way back when. This was like thousands of years ago. And, um, you know, so you'd have to stay there, but you could still listen to Mass, but you weren't able to go inside. And then, again, when you go into the church, the farther and farther you go back, the closer and closer, quote, you get to God, to where the altar is, and so on. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's interesting how many. Things oh, do overlap, and how we right. carry them through. So, well, you know, I, I, you know, I, really,
0: fe- I feel <laughs> that we're just repeating history. <laughs> and we, and the
1: messages—it's all
0: right? cycles. Uh huh. It's all cycles. And we are why, constantly yeah, in cycles. Yeah, and that's why I find it
1: fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yes, and mm-hmm. and what did our you know the people who lived thousand you know five thousand years ago and they were doing similar things? What did they know? As you said, they were connected. What what have we forgotten? What do we need right. to remember? And I find it fascinating that cultures around the world have very similar practices, even though they haven't met. And uh, right. you know, now it's easier because everybody's connected technologically. But you know, even thousands of years ago, they were doing, um, I guess, what they would have called in biology convergent evolution, <laughs> where right. um, people were doing. So it's got to come from within us, right? Something within our biology, and then the whole spirit world, I think, is. Fascinating to me and, and not very well known. So, uh, Well, you know, we're at the end of our show. And mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. went really fast. There's so much fascinating information that you've got. You're just a wealth of information, and um, bringing, you know, health, healing to people is just such a gift. And I wanted to, before we left, I wanted to um, let people know where they can reach you and mm-hmm. where they might be able to see you. I know you are going to be at the Conscious Life Expo in LA this weekend. Um, Yes, I am. I'll see you there. Yeah, we're both going to be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be on a panel together.
0: Yeah, we'll be on the healing panel. um, Hmm? That'll
1: be fun. Yeah. 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 Tell us about your
0: website. Reach you. My website is Sonia S O N J A Grace G R A C E dot com. And you know everything's on there. My workshops, my retreats, sessions with me. I'm now booking April, so don't get frustrated if you go onto the calendar. And and I and you know I'm on all social media. Mystic Healer Sonia Grace is my fan page on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter. The I'm on I'm on Instagram. The real Sonia Grace. So you know you, you can find me out there. But but more importantly is is. If you're in LA, please come see both of us because um, we'll be at the Conscious Life Expo.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's supposed to be really yep. amazing, and I know Sonia is going to be doing some uh, speaking as well as some workshops. So check her out. She's really the real deal. And uh, and you can get and where can they get your book, Spirit Traveler?
0: Um, you can get it on Amazon or go directly to my website, SoniaGrace.com, and order it on my website.
1: Fantastic. Sonia, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah,
0: thanks your for your having work me. is just
1: absolutely fascinating. It's so nice to have you and uh thank talk you. about all these wonderful things that um you know, not many people talk about. So I love it. I think it's really Good. opening our eyes.
0: Good. Thanks well take care here. and I'll see you soon. Okay.
1: Yes, thanks. And if you like this episode and you'd like to hear more, you can go to my website at lmk88.com and download our podcast app, Lisa K Radio, for your iPhone or Android. And take all the episodes with you, listen to them anywhere, anytime. I'm Lisa K. You've been listening to Between Heaven and Earth Radio, conscious living for your soul. Angel blessings to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.